Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Judging Nerd Culture. I'm Ollie. And I'm Jess. So, before we get started, just a quick message from Steven, our Patreon subscriber. And uh, his message is, <laughs> Hey, Chris, eat my whole ass. The whole thing. <laughs> the whole thing. Uh, I love you, man. <laughs> so, beautiful message. Absolutely inspiring. Um, I feel like we should have had, like, should have had something big. <laughs> some sort of big. Uh, you should put explosions in. I'll, I'll try and uh, make some words come up and some explosions happen. We'll see what happens in the, the YouTube video version. But uh, for all you podcast listeners, just know that Stephen really wants Chris to eat his whole ass. Chris is going to eat some tasty, <laughs> tasty Steve. Steve? I'm gonna be honest. It's it might be Stefan. I'm never. Let us know how to pronounce your name correctly <laughs> so that you don't unsubscribe. <laughs> I keep hearing. I've I've always read S T E P H E N as Stefan, but during my short stint as working as a uh, <clears throat> telephone operator for a uh, survey company, I learned. That people get really, really angry <laughs> when their name is spelled that way, but you call them Stefan instead of Steven. And I don't understand. It's a PH. Why the hell is it Steven? I don't know. Let's ask Steven. Let's <laughs> ask Steven. Or Stefan. Anyways. Uh, so that was our Patreon message from him due to his wonderful donation to us. So if you're interested in getting your own message out there to anyone, if you want anyone uh, to know that you sh- they should eat your ass, <laughs> <laughs> head over to our Patreon and uh, let us know what you want us to say. Let us know if you're open for business. Oh, dear God. <laughs> I'm really glad this was the very first message on this show. <laughs> That's our message every episode. Every episode is... <laughs> That's the motto of our show. <laughs> well, it is now. Uh, Eat ass, get money. That's the message. <laughs> the motto. So, anyways, uh, <laughs> if you're interested, go to Patreon. You can find all different tiers. If you don't want to pay that much for something, there's also smaller tiers that give you a little something-something. Uh, there's some bonus content that's been going out. We've recorded a few here and there. We're obviously going to record more in the coming future. Uh, also, these episodes have been a little uh, off time due to the fact that I am uh, desperately busy finishing school. So, you know fluctuations yeah life happens soon we'll be a little more secure in pretty much everything and things will come out at a more uh on time fashion (laughs) (laughs) uh but today as of right now the moment of recording it is the day after black friday otherwise known as shitty saturday and uh i think this is the best day for this uh particular video uh Black Friday is clearly just the world's best capitalist holiday, right? Yeah. What better time to talk about the wonderful cinema time viewing <laughs> cinematic experience. Of... What's happening? <laughs> I'm uh, having a seizure. That's what's happening. Uh, but well, yeah, this is the best time to talk about the uh, little foreign film that could it's not actually little at all. It's pretty huge. Uh, it's pretty big. Pretty pretty big. But it's uh, Parasite, the uh, S- South Korean film. Yep. Yep. Cool. So when I first heard it was coming out, I think you felt this way too. Um, you thought it was a live action based off of the manga and the anime series? Yeah, yeah. 100%. I thought it was going to be... Live action, gory, (laughs) tentacle monsters coming out of people's heads. Uh, No, it was definitely not that. I'm still holding out, though, because I would see that. (laughs) Um, Ooh, boy. Okay, I almost spilled my drink. Um, Mm -mm. Real quick, though, for the viewers, I don't want you to be fooled. This is watermelon juice. For the listeners, Ali is drinking watermelon juice from... A wine glass. <laughs> Delicious. And fancy. <laughs> it, is it fancy? It feels fancy. I feel fancy. <laughs> so, uh, obviously we're talking about Parasite. We just mentioned that. But it is still in theaters as of the moment of recording. Mm-hmm. So, uh, before we get started, spoilers. 
as if that wasn't expected at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> yeah, major spoilers for this, this pretty, pretty darn good movie, I would say. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's just get right into that plot. This is a movie about a heavily <laughs> impoverished family, uh, somewhere in the <clears throat> crappier parts of South Korea, I'm assuming. Yeah, um, uh, they live in what you'd probably consider, like, the ghetto. Slums or Slums, what have you. Slums, yeah, like the, like, the, they live in a, basically an under, half underground basement apartment. Um, none of them really have a well-paying job. They're, mm-hmm. they're not doing well. No, and they're trying their best, obviously. They're doing what they can to make, to make it through to get by, and, the, you see right away that they're, they're industrious. They have, they, they have ways to make their money where they can, doing little odd jobs, little gigs, and trying to warm as much money as they can out of those things, doing it as quickly, as efficiently. Uh, there is, at the very beginning of the, sh- of the movie, which I think was actually in the trailers, there was a scene where some, they were fumigating the outside, <clears throat> which I'm not even sure how well that would work. Just fumigating the alleyways. The streets, yeah, I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> The kids were like, hey, dad, we should close those windows so, you know, we don't suffocate and die because that's fumigation. That's bad. And he was like, no, there's a bunch of mosquitoes and st- or I think it was like stink bugs or something in here. Uh, leave the windows open. We'll get free ex- free fumigation. Yeah. And on one hand, horrible decision. On the other <laughs> hand, brilliant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, they, they should have at least left the apartment while it was happening. They were busy. They had things to do. They could just <laughs> leave. Sometimes you make sacrifices. <clears throat> I actually really love that scene because at, at that point they were doing a little odd job folding some pizza boxes or whatever. And the the dad finds, a, or someone finds a video that the dad is watching based on how to do the pizza box folding as efficiently, as quickly as possible. And... My, my, the reason I like this scene is because as the smoke is coming in, everyone starts coughing, and you see the dad hyper focus, just like I don't care, just slowly zooming in on him as he's packing away these pizza boxes, just like I don't care if I die here, I'm just here to do this thing that I'm doing, and it was real, I don't know, nihilistic and funny. Uh, but yeah, that's this is the family. They are the the key players of this particular dramatic movie. Yes. <laughs> uh, all four of them live in this house, which, as far as I can tell, has a living room and a bathroom and one bedroom. Uh, it's hard to tell. It doesn't show you the whole house. That's fair. I, I, just, I don't think there's a room on the left side of the hall, and on the right side it seemed like there was the bathroom and then the extra room. But... Mm. It's irrelevant, honestly, how big it is. It's too small for that many people. Uh, also, their bathroom, dear God, uh, the toilet is elevated so that you can't stand up at all. Which, I don't care about to sit down to pee. I don't care about that. But <laughs> if I have to poop and then just squat, crawl away from the toilet, that sounds awful. <laughs> that sounds like hell. It could be worse. I could just not have a toilet. I mean, you're right, but... Oof. <laughs> so yeah, uh, right away you realize not the best living situation, just rough times ahead. Or rough times in general for these particular folks. Uh, <laughs> and the movie really kicks off when the, I would say the main fella, when his college friend shows up. And gives them a massive rock that's some sort of sculpture, I guess. Yeah, it's like, it's just a good luck charm. Yeah. It's supposed to bring wealth and whatnot. And he's, uh, give, gifting it to the main kid whose name I do not remember. That's okay. Alright. You don't remember names. <laughs> when they're real even, easy to pronounce. Even when they're names real common that I know very well, never remember. So, uh, main dude gets the rock and he's immediately just like pumped. Like, yeah, this is a great gift. He feels very, very lucky. Has a, feels like he has a chance to move on. Maybe something along those lines. 
and his friend takes him out. They hang out, get some food or whatever, mm-hmm. and his friends his friend introduces him to the opportunity of his lifetime. Uh, his friend is a tutor to some young high school girl who's working her way through a high school, you know, doing whatever, but her family's very, very wealthy. And uh, he's going to America to expand his studies and wants to make sure that his uh, tutor subject is well taken care of, partially because uh, he's hoping that when she gets older to marry her. Which is super creepy. He likes her. She's like so a... He, he's going to be gone off to college in America. and well, he, He's already in college. He's a college student. Well, yeah, but he's going to be in America. Yeah. It's just like if you have a crush on someone and you go to a different school for a while, you don't want to have it in your head that there was someone else while you're gone. No, no, I get that. Here's what I'm saying, though. He's... An adult man in college, and she's a small high school girl. Yeah, things are different in Korea, though. Mm, still not. Like, it's, this social stuff is different. Yeah, Besides, he's not doing anything. Mm. Like, it's kind of creepy that he's, like, waiting. Like, like Drake it's... waiting for girls to turn 18. <laughs> like, it's weird, but it's better than doing something about it. I suppose so. Ugh. Um, so he starts tutoring the girl, and he realizes that, um, the girl has a brother who the mom would like a tutor for, for art. And so his sister, he says, is someone that he knows through a friend or through a cousin or something, Mm -hmm. and she, his sister, applies and claims that she is, like, an art therapist, and she's studying... (laughs) psychology and everything uh so she gets the job and so now they're both faking it pretending that they know what they know what they're doing mm-hmm. also her like her character's whole shtick with uh see these harder brush strokes here it's it shows he's schizophrenic or some crap like that and it's just like ooh. Dear God. <laughs> well, I mean, we we don't know anything about art therapy. Oh, no, no, no. So, I mean, maybe she looked some stuff up. And maybe that is signs of different sorts of common indicators. Maybe it is. Maybe, maybe it is. I don't know. After getting his sister involved and uh, her convincing the mother that the child doesn't just need a, you know, an art tutor. she need, He needs an art therapist. He needs twice weekly many hour long sessions to make sure he grows up to be the best boy he can mm-hmm. be and it really is just her trying to get as much money as she can from right. these hour two hour long sessions mm-hmm. uh one of the first things they mention is like uh this is going to be very expensive the mother does not care they have so much money <laughs> and uh she's in they they've got two <clears throat> People on the inside now making making yeah. them wages. Uh, also, this family that they're essentially swindling, so wealthy. They live in the middle of a city, but you can go into the little gated house, and in the upper part of that house where the house actually is, it's just a yard fenced in by trees as if it's not in the middle of a city somewhere. Yeah. It's beautiful. Uh uh, it's just luxurious all the way around. And they they immediately take a liking to this situation. So they try their best to uh, get a little more. Yeah, they're going to try to incorporate their parents. Exactly. Uh, so, unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of positions open. Not a whole lot of uh, other jobs that need to be done. So, they decide uh, the current workers, fuck them. Yeah, I mean... They've been working there long enough. They have enough experience and money. Yeah, they've made their their money. It's time for that. It's their turn now. Uh, So she uh, subtly and very sneakily plants her panties underneath the the seat of the driver's car uh, so that the father at one point finds it and decides, oh, no, this man had sex in my car. I'm going to fire him. Although it gets a little... Wacky when the father and the mother, wow, mother, when the father and mother of the, the rich household, they, uh, 
start talking about this particular incident. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, I found these panties. Oh my God. He had sex in my thing. And she's like, Oh no, that's weird. The father immediately goes, and who just forgets their panties? Maybe he raped someone. And just, maybe he was on drugs. Yeah, maybe who knows all this wild shit. And she's like, that's uh, that's some leaps. Some leaps <laughs> but, I mean, I imagine people who are wealthy and have always been wealthy assume a lot of things about people who I'm... aren't so wealthy. <laughs> mm-hmm. They assume, oh yeah, they're definitely going to, all of them do cocaine. Uh, that's course. why they're poor. <laughs> uh, supposedly crack cocaine. The good stuff, that's rich people still. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. Immediately re- thinks the worst of this driver that they've worked for with for years, even though, whatever. And, uh, they fire him. And lucky for them, the, the, I think it was the, the daughter this time? Yes, the daughter. She, um, her dad, or her uncle, her uncle used to have a driver that was really loyal and, um, his stuff, but her uncle, uh, conveniently, uh, <laughs> moved overseas to America, and the driver retired, but if she tried, she could probably get a hold of this driver for, uh, her new employer, and, uh, so she just goes home and tells her dad, hey... You used to drive a fancy car, right? For one of your side jobs. And he's like, yeah. Yeah, this works. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which I, I don't remember, I don't remember what he said, but it definitely wasn't a fancy car he was driving in that other job. No. Uh, <clears throat> but, but that's okay. It works out. Yeah. Cause they did train. They did practice by going to like a fancy car dealership and just jumping from car to car. Yeah. <laughs> Looking at the controls, seeing what they're up against. Yeah. This is, this is what I'm saying industrious as hell. Just like, all right, we don't have a thing to actually practice on. Let's just go to a dealership, and when they tell us to move, we move next car, check out YouTube or whatever, figure out all the buttons. I'm going to know this car inside and out. I think they're just splendid people. Yeah, they're, you know, for certain people to say that poor people aren't trying very hard. These people are trying so hard. So hard. Um, they might not be going to school. They might not be doing it by getting a respectable job. But they do have now a respectable job. Just they got it in yeah. a eh, fishy kind of way. But they're still working hard to keep it. And yeah. they're working hard to know the stuff. And they seem to be doing a good job. The girl's learning English. The boy is experiencing art. art like the even though the, the the swindling daughter the the main character's the main daughter character even though she's not a teacher or whatever she is pretty darn good at art i imagine she's guiding him through like yeah let's get drawing let's do stuff yeah that helps that yeah. leads kids to to draw more and to imaginate that's not a word it's, that's, that's a word. not a word it's definitely a word uh, uh yeah so so far, mom, dad, sister, brother, they're all inside the house. Uh, the last person is mom. Mm-hmm. And this one's kind of sad because the last person left of the original crew is the housekeeper. Um, and she's really sweet. She's a really nice lady. Yeah. She's, she really loves the son, the, the youngest boy. Just, they play together all the time and it's just real tender, beautiful shit. And, uh, that's gonna end. Because yeah. they can't get their mom in there if he's still there. <laughs> and they, yeah, they find out that she has an allergy to peaches, mm-hmm. and they use that to make her continue to have reactions. Yeah, they, they force uh, allergic reactions on her so that they can... This this part kind of <laughs> got away from me a little bit, but basically they... Uh, Make these allergic reactions happen so that she keeps going to like the doctor or something so that they can snap some pictures of her or like catch her going to the doctor and then claim that while they were, while she was there, they were also there for just a routine checkup to whatever. And they overheard that she has TB mm-hmm. and super contagious, blah, blah, blah. And they even like do a little, uh, sleight of hand to make it look like she coughed into a napkin and there's blood in there. And all this other stuff, and the parents decide, well, we can't, we can't have her around. Can't our kids can't get TB, which uh, that is bad. <laughs> that is bad. Uh, 
So they fire her too. This uh, poor woman who's been with them since the beginning. Because apparently she had been there before they were there. Before the rich family had gotten there. She had worked for the architect who actually designed and built the house. Hmm. And uh, she was a holdover from that time. And stayed. So she'd been there the full, the t- entire time they've been there. She's been their housekeeper. Yeah. And she's gone. She even lived there, I think. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah. So, like, she became immediately homeless. And this, this is really the, the tipping point for this particular movie. Where it goes from, it was slowly on the decline toward, from, ah, sort of a fun family con movie where they're just gonna make their money sort of taking advantage of these rich people, but who really cares? They're rich people, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> and it started slowly sliding into, well, now they're just kind of being big old dicks, you know? And uh this is basically the, the pinnacle of that, where they are getting this woman thrown out on the street. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Like, they've gone too far. They've gone definitely they've too far. They've gone too far after <laughs> getting rid of the nice old lady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but it's okay, because it starts climbing back up, but in a very different direction. Because after this, the, you know, they, there's some montages of them having a good old time. Like, ah, oh, everything's perfect. This is exactly where we want it to be. We're exactly where we, where we need to be. We're making money. We're living life. This is our time. Uh, but that doesn't last very long. Hmm. Uh, eventually, you know, the family goes on vacation or what have you, and they're all living the life in their own, in these people's houses. Uh, also, we didn't really mention this, but, uh, the current, the, the main boy, he's definitely, <laughs> uh, he's definitely making his way in with, uh, the daughter of the rich family. The, the, his friend who was like, ah, please take care of her and make sure no guys are, you know, taking my, my yeah, zone. I trust that you won't do it. Um, You're the only one I trust who won't do it. Like second day they make out. Yeah. And he's like, blah, like what the fuck? <laughs> Uh, again, high schooler. What the hell, man? But you don't know how old he is. I mean, he's old enough to be a college student. He's a he's yeah. But the you're saying there there can be seventeen, eighteen year olds in high school who are dating a college kid who's eighteen, nineteen. I guess you're, that's true. That's fair. I I don't know. I just assumed there was more of a more of a gap. Anyways, that nonsense aside, uh, not a fateful friend. No. <laughs> first chance he could, he jumped on it. He's hoping to do the same thing his friend was and uh, marry into this incredibly wealthy family. Yes. <laughs> and uh, his, But his friend is wealthy, it seems. Yeah. At least middle class. He's doing better than he was, yes. at the very least. And this is where they're at. The, the kid, they're all living there for this weekend while this family's gone and they're having a good time and it's a little weird and the, the boy is even reading the girl's like journal to make sure he can be the the best boyfriend that he can be is to make sh- to in to sort of make sure that he can like clench that marriage. Yeah, and that's gross and creepy in a different way. <laughs> <laughs> but again, industrious, <laughs> right? No, yeah, mm. I didn't think so. Uh, while they're on this little happiness montage of we've made it, uh, the old maid, the old housekeeper, she shows back up and. The pouring rain, and it's a little bit like, ooh, if they let her in, she's gonna stab them. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you know, something weird is going on. Mm-hmm. She's got a real manic energy about her. Yeah, and, but she's also, like, got a swollen black and blue eye. Like, she's been in a fight. Yeah, she's, she's got a split lip. Like, something happened, and she's back to do mm-hmm. something about it. She's here to get revenge because she got me the fuck up. And, uh, for some reason or another, they decide to let her in. Which, I understand, if I was in that situation, I probably would have let her in too, because, like, she does look just real unfortunate. It would have felt bad. And when they let her in, they, she starts, you know, doing some things, trying to collect some things she forgot. Turns out, the thing she forgot was an entire husband in yeah. the sub-basement of this house. Because, like many uh, South Korean homes built in the blah, 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 uh, it has a hidden bunker in case of nuclear war. You know? That good old chestnut. Uh, and down there lives her ex, her, her current husband. I almost said ex-husband for some <laughs> reason. Who's been living there the entire time. Yeah, like 
10 or more years. So long. Yeah. And uh, they basically were doing the exact same thing that this, the story revolves on this family, but this lady and her husband were basically doing the exact same thing that they were doing. Grabbing onto this rich family and trying to garner as much wealth as they could from them and live through or around them in a way that's beneficial. Yes. Uh, which maybe that's, you know, a bit of the, the, the namesake parasite, uh, poor, disgusting, lower class people leeching off of the rich. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it means. Yeah, that's, that's a whole bunch of hooey. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole bunch of nonsense. But that doesn't matter. Uh, because now that they've discovered this, just an escalating railroad of just craziness mm-hmm. happens. Uh, they start fighting over everything, just like trying to get these people out of here, trying to keep people from noticing who... who What's going on? And the the what the the old housemaid and her husband figure out that these people were lying, and then they start fighting about who's gonna tell the the the, the people who own the house what's actually going on. Who's gonna go to prison if they if the person tattles on the other one, and so on and so forth. And it's just a whole mess, and they just beat the crap out of each other uh, as the family's coming home a little early. And it involves a pretty bad blow to the mother, or to the old housekeeper. The mother just fucking Sparta kicks her down the stairs and she cracks her skull open. And, uh, yeah, it starts to get real dark now. Mm-hmm. It starts to really get to the point where you're like, oh, they will murder to not be caught. They will kill to maintain this small glimpse of of wealth. Yeah. I mean, some people would rather do it that way than be stuck in the gutter. Yeah. And uh, I'm here to say, I don't blame them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I Yeah. So it, it, everything gets real dark from here. There's a scene with the husband who's been living down in the, in the sub-basement in the bunker watching his concussed wife slowly bleed from her head and die and it's just like oh yeah oh god <laughs> yeah so it, it the movie goes uh through a roller coaster of emotions because like at first you think it's gonna be well for going into the movie i thought it was something completely else but um <laughs> it's kind of not a comedy but it's lighter and you think maybe maybe it'll be like a suspense or whatever um Whoops. <laughs> but then it gets kind of sad and kind of dark, and then it lightens up a little bit. Then it gets really dark. <laughs> <laughs> then it gets real, real dark. Yeah. At this point, um, the mom, she's the housekeeper, so she's living there. Um, but everybody else has to leave. Uh, so they, you know, sneak, very sneakily, they leave. And, uh, it's pouring rain outside. It's like a, torrential storm yeah. uh, it's flooding everywhere and they have a basement apartment um they didn't close the window <laughs> no i'm gonna be honest though I mean, even if they did i'm not sure it would have helped no it like it was gotten a in it was getting coming in through the toilet it was getting in through everywhere yeah it was a literal river in the area that they were living in mm-hmm. in the in the alleyway and so now you're thinking they can't go back because they don't live at that place. They just work there. And besides, there's in the basement where they could have lived, there's... The enemy. The enemy, you know? <laughs> the Well, not really the enemy, but the, the competition. Yeah. And yeah. then they the can't go back the to rich. their... They can't go back to their regular home because... It's, there's nothing there uh, Yeah, there's nothing there anymore. So they go to... The, the father, the son, and the daughter go to a... Uh, a gym where everyone from that little part of town is staying because their homes have been wrecked. And in this, in this scene in particular, uh, the son is kind of sad about everything that's happening. And he asks the dad if he has a plan, you know, he, he wants to try to fix things and he's really sorry that he got his whole family mixed up with this family, the rich family. And the dad says, 
you know, I told you I had a plan, but really, my plan is uh, to not have a plan. <laughs> because if you don't have a plan, you can't be disappointed in whatever happens. And that's really, it was really dark and sad, but at the same time, weirdly inspirational. <laughs> and like, yeah, it's, creative it's, for this kind of show. Yeah, it's got it's got some real dichotomous energy. On one hand, ooh, that's sad. Like, ooh. yeah, like you could take it as oh, he really depressing because you don't want to have a plan because you don't want to be heartbroken. But at the same time, it can be freeing and inspirational because you don't have a plan. You can be spontaneous. You can yeah. have adventures. Yeah, you don't know what you're gonna do next. Just <clears throat> take your shot. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Let's let's give it a try. We don't need to plan it out for years in advance. If you see an opportunity, take it. But there is still the opposite side of, like, they're not going to prepare because they what's the point in planning. Yeah. And it's just it's real sad. The It's inspirational and sad at the same time. It's it's interesting. I like it a lot. Um, unfortunately, they, there's no rest for the impoverished. Uh, next day, they get woken up and it's time to get back to work. Yeah. They have to go to this little girl's birthday. Boy. Boy's birthday. <laughs> you have to go to the little boy's birthday, which is a uh, Native American themed for whatever reason. He's yeah. just super into it. I mean, it is what it is. It is what it is. It makes sense. Like there are super K-pop fans over here. Why wouldn't there be fans of uh, Western cultures over there? It all makes sense. And <laughs> during this time, they they're scrounging through these clothing piles. The people have collected donations, emergency care sort of things, trying to piece together presentable outfits for the scenario. And they eventually get what they can. They get back to back to work. They get back to the, the rich people's house, and they're just going to take it one step at a time and try to get things back to where it's supposed to be. Uh, but they also have to figure out what to do with the people in the basement, and it sort of starts to feel a bit like... Maybe there's hope, but it's it's a real stifled, just, I don't know where this is going, but maybe maybe they'll make it out. Maybe there's hope. Maybe. And you can see it on the characters. Like, the, the son, he's very, he's not broken or anything, but just, like, kind of disappointed with the world and himself. He he doesn't really, he's talking to the, the girl that he's tutoring at one point. It's like, do I belong here? Do I fit in with these people down there at this party? I, I don't like he, he's sort of coming to that understanding of like these people are somehow different mm-hmm. and like I'm I am I identify as a poor person like this is just who I am mm-hmm. sort of realizing like I even whether it's whether it's a social thing or an economic thing I don't belong with these people and for a while now we've seen the father sort of experiencing a similar thing uh, with the 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 father of the of the rich household sort of having little comments here and there that have really gotten under his skin there's one particular scene uh in which well one when they were trying to escape the house actually they were hiding underneath this coffee table as the parents were sitting on the couch they were <laughs> watching their child sleeping in a teepee behind the house and the parents were just sitting on the couch talking and He's like, have you noticed that the driver has a certain smell about him? And just like they kind of all do, all the people who work for them, they sort of smell like the subway. It's just basically talking shit about how poor people smell poor. And you can mm-hmm. see the dad just over time slowly grow to resent this this man who just looks down on them. And it's sort of starting to, it looks like it's starting to pass over to the sun who's sort of beginning to understand, like, these people don't consider us even the same species. They don't, we don't really belong with them for various reasons. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's real interesting. It's real, uh, I don't know, gripping to see that whole thing happening. On top of that is the wild drama that's obviously going on in the story, uh, which is coming to a climax right here. This is This is basically the... Yes, the birthday party. <laughs> the bookend of this storyline. Um, because at this little birthday party, the the son decides, okay, if I want to protect my family, 
I gotta make sure that those people downstairs can't tell on us. We barely got past what happened last night. And we need to, we need to not let it happen again. We need to figure something out. And he takes out himself to, uh, go downstairs with a big ass rock that his friend got him. And I'm assuming kill those people with it. And, uh, real dark, buddy. Uh, He succeeds. Yeah, he does succeed. In trying. In in trying. (laughs) He, He makes his way downstairs. And, uh, unfortunately for him, uh, the rock is very heavy and he's a very weak child. And the, the, everything falls down. There's a bunch of noise. He's, you know, it's not in the best place. He did not, uh, successfully sneak downstairs. <laughs> but that's fine. The wife is already dead. <laughs> Convenient. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, the husband isn't, and, uh, he's immediately attacked. Choked with a, with a wire that, that was downstairs. And the kid manages to run away, to run up the stairs. But the, husband who was downstairs, the the housekeeper's husband, chases him back up, yanks him down with the cord, and then smashes his goddamn head in with the rock. And it's just real vigorous. Yeah. There was even one scene where you, like, everything's sort of above the, or below the screen. Like, you can see him doing the hitting, but he don't really see anything. Until they pull back, and he drops it one more time, you see his head bounce, and it's like, oh! Ah! Gruesome! That's not great. <laughs> not great. Uh, man, the husband uh, from the housekeeper's husband, husband, he's free now and decides to join the festivities upstairs. Uh, this man was already sort of shown to be a bit on the crazy side. He's sort of obsessed with the the owner of the house, the guy who who the house husband. Uh, for whatever reason, he's very obsessed with this man. And it's just like, he's the provider. He's the one whose house I live in. And it's very worshipy and kind of creepy and kind of weird. And <clears throat> so from from that, you've already kind of gathered that this guy's a little unhinged. He's a little crazy. And after watching his wife die, he does not give a single fuck. Mm-hmm. He's uh, going to hurt. And as he's going up, he grabs a knife from the kitchen, walks out into the, into the old party, and just stabs the the main daughter, the the main character's sister, and uh, yeah, everything everyone freaks out and starts everything starts going wild. It's it's a hell of a time. The the main character's dad obviously freaks out. His daughter just got stabbed. He runs over to her and tries to hold the wound and all this. And uh, the boy himself, the little boy, he freaks out and starts having a seizure because he thinks this man is a ghost that he once saw when he was younger because he did see him. He just didn't realize it was a real person. Mm-hmm. They didn't realize they had a man living in their home. And this kid starts having a seizure, and if he doesn't get it to the hospital in a few minutes, he's going to probably die. So the husband, the the, fa- the father of this kid who's having a seizure, is yelling at his driver, at this dying girl's dad, hey, leave her, take my son to the hospital. And I understand this. Like, obviously, he's your child. That's your number one priority. But there's a dying girl there, too. Yeah. I don't know. Like, the whole thing that happened was kind of sucky. But if I had to choose between some girl and my kid, I'm going to choose my kid. Sure, yeah. But I don't think he had to choose either one at that point. I think they could have saved both. But they didn't. And, uh, at this point, the, the crazy man from under, from downstairs starts attacking the, the main character's mother. And it's just a bad time. She fights back and seriously hurts him, kills him, I think. She's the one that actually does. And the, the, the rich husband, he's still very much, hey, get, get your keys. What the hell? Let's go. Or at least give me the keys, whatever. And the, the, the main character's dad throws the keys over to him, but they get caught underneath the the dying man as he falls down. And uh, the the kid's dad starts trying to move him so he can grab the keys and take his kid to the hospital, obviously. But as he does, he starts moving this guy, and he plugs his nose like, ugh, this smell is really bad. And at this moment where 
the main character's dad, loses his shit. <laughs> just all of the, the time that they've been together and all of the kind of upsetting comments of, of, of all the feelings of this man's looking down on me and poor people in general kind of just end there as his daughter is dying and this guy doesn't care and his wife was being attacked and the guy just wanted to leave and all of this. And he grabs the knife that the person from downstairs was using and stabs the guy to death. It's a good time. Great ending. Yeah. Uh, he runs away. Because, yeah. He just killed a man. He just killed a man. It's time to leave. And uh, this that's where the scene ends with all of this going down. Uh, <laughs> there's actually a small bit where you see the the daughter of the rich family carrying <laughs> the main kid's body. She's just piggybacking him out of the out of there. Yeah. And that's where the the scene closes. It was, uh, it was a rough scene. Yeah, and you think that's probably the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. But you'd be wrong. Yeah. Um. There's not too much left. Just a couple minutes of basically uh, an exposition, but just wrap up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the son wakes up from some sort of coma, right? Yeah. Um. So the kid wakes up and he's laughing at everything because he has brain damage. And him and the mother are trying to make it on their own now, uh, which is, it's really difficult, but they're managing. Mm -hmm. They've got their apartment back and they've tried to fix it up a little. Um, But you see kind of like a flash forward as the son is narrating and he figures out that his dad is actually living in the basement of the house. Mm-hmm. And he's using Morse code with uh, the light switches in the basement to let his kid know he's alive. Um, and so the kid writes a letter to the dad, which there's no way he's going to be able to get it to him. Yeah, the dad's never going to see this letter. <laughs> but in the letter, he's stating how... It's going to take some time, but he's going to fix everything. He's going to get his dad out of that basement. He's going to go to college, uh, actually go through with it this time. He's going to find a nice girl. He's going to marry her. He's going to be successful in whatever job he is in. And he's going to buy that house. And then, finally, once he's bought that house, his dad can walk up the stairs and just live with them. And that's a very long-term plan. Yeah. <laughs> like, he could just try to sneak his dad out of the basement. But no. <laughs> let's, let's go, let's go the long way. And this is, this is, I don't know, this was kind of interesting to me because this is the opposite of what the dad told him. The dad said, don't make a plan. It never ends well. Mm -hmm. And the movie literally ends with this kid making a long-ass plan. A Mm -hmm. long-term plan. And, I don't know, it it felt impactful. It felt interesting. Um, And while you're listening to the narration, you kind of just think, like, why didn't he just do this in the first place? Mm -hmm. Why didn't he just go to school like he tried to three other times but then decided not to so that he could get a job and, like, help his family. Um, but then you also know it's really hard to do those things sometimes. and Sometimes it's almost impossible for people to be able to go to college and work and help their family. Mm-hmm. And this is where <laughs> this is where I'm having a hard time piecing out where I want to put this movie. Either really darn good or just dumb <laughs> because it's it's putting off two different uh narratives two different metaphors and I- and ideologies out there right now <clears throat> one in which the these poor people who are legitimately trying their best at least that's what you see in the movie is them putting all of their efforts into getting out of an impoverished state and <clears throat> In one version, they are the parasite to these rich people. In the other format, it's it's very it's very much the opposite. It's 
that the parasite in question is the capitalist capitalistic mindset, the desire and need for wealth, the the fact that poverty exists in itself because of the difference in wealth, because of the wealth inequity is what causes this parasitic effect. And <clears throat> it has both of these narratives sort of running alongside of each other, where you see that the the husband that got murdered, the, the rich husband, he wouldn't have been murdered if he had respected people below him wealth-wise. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have been murdered if he was a decent person. But he wasn't. But then on the other hand, you see these rather impoverished individuals taking advantage not only of these richer folks, but also beating down people in their own position to get ahead. And Sometimes that's the only way you, people see the out. Yeah, and that's fair. That's valid. It's just, what I'm saying is that these two points sort of seem contradictory. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if they necessarily are. They just have that opposing force. Which I think is what gives this movie such a sort of visceral appeal when you're watching it was like you, you sort of feel for them you sort of feel like you kind of hate them sometimes and it's, it's a, a very tumultuous sort of emotions mm-hmm. as you watch this and as you sort of purse out some of the meanings behind it and the the ending makes it a little less certain like i i came out of it thinking yeah i'm going with the rich people are the other bastards because that's always my narrative but the ending makes it seem like if he had just tried harder in the first place, none of this would have happened. And it's like, fuck that. Fuck that entire message. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know where I stand because it really does seem like they were going for one one message the majority of the time. And they sort of s- swerved that at the very end. Well, maybe they're just trying to let the audience decide what it means. Like su- giving, giving both sides... Uh, what they want, I guess. I guess. Overall, the that ending aside, which that's a that's a big thing to set aside, to be fair. But the fact that it is a little more subjective, the fact that you can argue both points, I'm gonna say it's still a pretty darn good movie. Yeah, it's it definitely it's so long, but it definitely oh, yeah. um, It's two hours felt like three. <laughs> yeah, it definitely immerses you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think the fact that I said it, set, it felt like three hours. I'm not saying that it was like, like watching Lord of the Rings, where you're like, "Is it time to go to bed yet?" Like, what the hell? Well, I mean, there were times where I was like, oh, "Come on, like, <laughs> fair." This is a little too long. This is dragging on, mm-hmm. but there was yeah. always something happening. Yeah. Well, my issue was the reason it felt like a three-hour movie. It felt it just felt that way because there's basically three different chunks of a movie. It's just like, ah. Here's the fun, uh, let's con these people kind of romp. Mm-hmm. And here's the dramatic whatever. And then here's the depressing ending and all this other nonsense that goes with it. And it's just real different. It, it, the fact that they're so different in their tone and their aesthetic and their message even made it <laughs> feel like each one was its own independent movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I still think... It was a solid, like, 8 out of 10. Yeah, I, I I would agree with that, I suppose. Yeah, well, I'm glad, uh, glad we're in agreement. I don't think it was, like, my favorite movie. Oh, no, I'm not watching it, it again. It, it wasn't my least favorite movie. Like, I definitely, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't watch it again because it was so long and, like, it, it's just, for me, it's not one of those movies I would watch again. I'm I'm sure if I did, there'd be a bunch of other clues and things and hints and messages and eggs or whatever you want to call them that you would find for, for protecting what's going to happen in the future of the movie. But um, yeah, I think seven or an eight is a is a good number. Yeah, I, I'm going with eight. I'm going on the higher end of my estimation, just because uh, aside from the. The message that it's trying to give across, I think it did a good job of presenting the messages, even though there was like two contradictory ones, both were presented really well, mm-hmm. which is weird to say. <laughs> but aside from that, the 
the cinematography, the, 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 the movie looked visually interesting. There was always a bit of suspense, even though literally nothing was happening. That's impressive. To literally do nothing for like five or six scenes in a row and still it feel like something bad's going to happen. Some shoe's going to drop. Some shit's going to hit the fan. Even though nothing has happened at all. That's impressive. That's That takes work. And I'm not sure exactly what adds to that, how they managed to make that really click. But that's what I felt. So that, that's why I'm saying gets, uh, I'm giving it a solid B. Because maybe it's not what I would want in a movie. Like, I don't want to watch it again. But what they did, they did real well. And I think those who are interested in this will really get a, a kick out of it. Also, it's completely yeah. subtitled. Well, yeah, it's a foreign movie. I know, I'm just saying. I'm, in case anyone wasn't certain, it is completely subtitled. Is, is that factor into your <laughs> number? Oh, no, no. If I factored it, it'd be a C. I hate reading. I'm a dubs over subs man. I appreciate foreign movies. Um, <laughs> I mean, they're not bad. i just rather listen. Yeah, I guess. I'm, I'm just an auditory sort of boy. But, I mean, if you don't really like reading books, you're not going to want to read subtitles. That's true. And I definitely don't like reading books. Because I'm illiterate. No, not really. No, you're but just one of those people. I'm one of them. One of those people. Listen. Listen. It's so, so singular and time-consuming to read a book. Exactly. You get immersed into a different universe. Yeah, but I'd rather... This is a different episode. It's a different episode. So we argue about... If reading books is good or not. It's good. I just don't want to. All right. <laughs> so, with my dirty laundry aired on <laughs> on the, the video here, uh, that's where I stand. Yeah. It's, it's a good movie for those who are interested in this kind of thing. And, uh... That's the end of it, I think. Yeah. Go give it a try if you, if you're in, if, uh, well, anything we've said of piqued your interest. Hmm. Uh, even with all of that spoiled, I feel like it still does a good enough job scene to scene that it's worth watching, even if you know what the twist is. Because during the previews or trailer that I saw the one time, I knew something bad was going to happen, something kind of ominous and gross was going to happen, but I didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. And sort of knowing that and seeing what the ending was now, I don't think I don't think knowing the ending would have changed my opinion. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, folks. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we'll catch you next time with uh, something else. Yeah. Bye. Uh, give him a big fat wet one, Chris. <laughs> yep. Eat that whole <laughs> ass, Chris. Bye. <laughs> uh, I really do love that. That was the first message on the show. Hmm.